Welcome to COTK Online. It is great to be with you. I'm really excited about today's message because it's something that's near and dear to my heart. It's about values. And the title of the message is, What Do You Value? But, but really, if I'm honest, this came from, from the discussion that I had with our, our, our core leaders, our executive team, on what is it that our church really values. I mean, every church has values up on the website, but we really wanted to dive in and go, Lord, what is it that that you value so that we can value what you value? And so the message is based out of that. But I started thinking about values. Like, what do I value? Why do I value it? And as I was just praying this through, going, Lord, what is it that, that, that I value? Is it in line with what you have for me? I got a picture. I got a picture of a house, but it wasn't just any house. It was my grandparents' house, 108 Beverly Drive in Lafayette, Louisiana, that in 1955, my grandfather and grandmother, they were young, they immigrated from Dallas to Lafayette, Louisiana, and they built this house and it's not a fancy house. It's a mid-century modern type home, kind of ranch style. But I remember every Christmas, every Easter, every celebration, if it was birthdays, anniversaries, it was at this house. And I loved the house. In fact, my wife and I, after we got married, and we had our two boys, and just before we moved to Lake Charles, we actually lived for about a year in that house as my grandmother was in the nursing home, and, and we were asked to live in it and renovate it, and we did that. It's still in our family today. My cousin has it, and, and he went through and took our renovation to the whole next level, and it's so nice. Why am I talking to you about values in, in this house because where you come from, where, you've, where you came from, really is where your values are shaped. That home didn't shape my values, but because I was surrounded by people that loved me and loved the Lord, my values were. So what do you value? As a church, I want to go through what, what we value because I believe it's what the Lord values and then maybe this has some impl implications for you, and maybe it's going to cause you to ask questions. What do I really value and why? So here's the first value that we have. God's Word. We value God's Word. In fact, this is how we phrase it. The Bible is our starting point. Because I want you to know that God's Word is true that this is valuable, that when we heed God's word, there's transformation that takes place in a positive way because our life begins to line up with his word if we want it to. It's hard work, but when our life lines up with God's word, transformation in a, in a positive way, transformation generationally even, begins to take place. The message is, is really based out of Exodus 6. It's where God speaks for the very first time to Moses, first in, in Exodus chapter 3 and then Exodus chapter 6. In Exodus chapter 3, you probably know the, the story that, that God speaks to Moses. There's this burning bush and, and Moses has left everything behind. He's in a, in a place of wilderness 
He thought that his old life was done, and then God shows up and speaks to him and says, Moses, Moses, take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. And that was the first time that Moses heard God's voice. The very first time that Moses heard God's voice. But in Exodus chapter 6, God speaks to Moses. And this is what he says in Exodus 6, verse 6. It says, Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I'll free you from your oppression. I'll rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I'll redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I'll claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you'll know that I'm the Lord your God who's freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I'll bring you into the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'll give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. That's the message that God gave to Moses to tell those who were in slavery. This was God's word. And it had value, not just to Moses, but to the people, God's people, who were oppressed. Do you value God's word? What does that mean? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us what to do that's right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. All Scripture is inspired by God. Do you, when you read the Bible, when you hear a word from the Lord, do you recognize the value of it? This is why our our very first value as a church is the Bible is our starting point because God's word, both in the Bible and then when he speaks to us here that never contradicts this, this is our guide. God has spoken to us and we value that why? Because God's heart is revealed through his word. What does he say to, the, to a nation that's in slavery? He says, I'm going to free you. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to claim you as my own people. I'm going to bring you to a land that I have for you. I'm going to give it to you. I am the Lord. I'm God. Here's my question to you. Do you value God's word? I pray that you do. And he wants you to heed it, not because God is a God of control. Far from it. In fact, God is a God of freedom. He speaks, but he gives you the freedom to decide to do with what he has spoken what you will. He wants you to do his will, but he allows you. He gives you the freedom to do your will. This is why Jesus, the very Son of God, even said, The Father and I are one. He said, Not my will be done, but yours, Lord. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Even Jesus understood the struggle to place the Father's word above his own. And I get it. Like, I get the struggle because you may go, oh, I don't want to do what this says. I want to do whatever it is, you know, what you shouldn't do. The Bible says, don't do that. Like, there's a struggle there. But when we value God's word, We engage the struggle and go, Lord, help me. Even the Apostle Paul said, the things that I I don't want to do, I do those. And the things that I do, 
I don't want to do that. Like, who's going to save me from this body of death? And then he said, it's Christ, because he's the Savior. Do you value God's word? Here's the second thing. Our second value is we reach people and build lives. That's mission. God's called you on a mission. Your life has purpose, and it is much bigger than simply the, the acquisition of wealth or the establishment of a healthy relation, relationship. Those are, those are not bad things. I don't want you to be dirt poor and, and, and have hardly anything to eat, and you don't have shelter and don't have clothing and don't have transportation. That's not God's heart either, but his heart is that you understand that there is a call on your life that is bigger than this physical reality. It is to reach people and build lives. We value God's word. The Bible is our starting point, but we reach people and build lives. Why is that? Because God has a heart for people. Exodus 6, verse 6 Say to the people, I'm going to free you from oppression. I'll rescue you from slavery. I'm going to redeem you and claim you as my own people. See, God has a heart for people, and he's called us as his followers, as his children, to engage in the mission that he has for you. I know my purpose and my calling is to be a pastor. I, I wrestled with that because I didn't want to do it. And there are days that I'm like, I still don't think I want to do this. But I know that God's will and call on my life is greater than mine. Do you value God's mission for you? You may never sit on this side of the camera. You may never be a worship leader. You might not be a missionary, a priest, a nun, or, but God has a call on your life to help people walk in freedom. You first have to receive his word to you, which is why the Bible's our starting point, because when you hear him speak to you, I'm freeing you from oppression, delivering you from slavery. I'm redeeming you with my powerful outstretched arm, and you are part of my family. When you receive God's word, it opens the door for you to recognize the value, not just of his word, but that his word is for more than just you, and you engage in the mission that he has for you. Do you value God's word? Is the Bible your starting point? Do you value God's purpose and mission for your life to reach and impact people and build lies on his word? That's what we value as a church. The Bible is our starting point. We reach people and build lives. Here's the, here's the third thing. We know this. We are better together. We're better together. Look at what he says in, in verse 7. I will claim you as my own people. The moment that I surrender my life to Christ, the light bulb's gone off. I know God's love for me, Jesus' purpose and plan on the cross and his death breaking the curse of sin and death in my life, but his resurrection being a picture that I can come to life. When that light bulb goes off and I go, Jesus, I'm yours, that moment we are birthed into the family of God. But just like every family, not everybody's always going to agree. But we have to know that despite our disagreements, we are better together because that is where unity, that is where unity happens. It's a powerful thing. Family vacations are always interesting because I have four kids and they can be crazy and I can be animated and so can my oldest and my youngest. And my third, our little girl, and I have one that's like my wife. He's never really animated. But we have a saying 
when we leave the, the driveway in the van. We're off like a herd of turtles until somebody changed it to it's off. We're off like a turd of hurdles. You might have to edit that. <laughs> and hence the conflict begins because we love each other and we are unified together, but we have disagreement and we know as a family, we're better together. This should be, it doesn't mean we don't have conflict, but this should be our heart as the family of God, knowing that I may not get along with my brothers and sisters in whatever realm I'm in, but I can still love them and know that we're better together. Do you value the body of Christ? Do you value other believers? Even if they don't go to your church, even if their denomination or their doctrine is slightly different, different, but you both believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, Do we believe that we're better together? Because let me tell you right now, this is a value for our church. I hope it's a value for you. But the fact of the matter is that we are called to the body of Christ, not simply to build Church of the King. We're called to the body of Christ. Do you know that we're better together? The fourth value is growth is our goal. And growth is a process. The Bible is our starting point. We reach people, build lives. We're better together. Growth is the goal. I want to see you grow. God's word, mission, unity, spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is the process of replacing lies with the truth. I'll claim you as my own people. That's that unity part the better together. I'll be your God, then you'll know that I'm the Lord who's freed you from the oppre- your oppression in Egypt. You'll know. But here's what I've found. As we walk with him and we live in his word and we live together, that growth is a process. The goal is not perfection. The goal is growth. And growth is not perfection. Growth is is a process. Do you value spiritual growth? Do you value personal growth? Do you value relational growth? Do you want to grow in all of those areas? Do you want to grow? 2 Peter 3.18 says, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You got to grow. What are you learning from God's word? What are you learning from the whisper of the Holy Spirit? What have you learned in the last year that was a revelation to you? What's God speaking to you? How are you growing? Spiritual growth. That's it. Growth is the goal. The next value, the fifth value, generosity is our game plan. I want you to know that God is a God of abundance. He's abundant in two things. God is abundant in time. And he's abundant in resources. You'll have enough time to do what he's called you to do. You don't need to be afraid of death. You don't need to be afraid that you're not going to have enough time. God is a God of abundance and you have more than enough time. Resources. I don't know if I'm going to have this. I need this. I need more money. I need more... Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. God is a God of abundance. Our generosity is our game plan because we want to, I want you to live open-handed and not fearfully grasping at things because as Corey Ten Boom says, 
the more that you hold on to something, the harder it is when God has to wrestle it from your grasp. And if you're his child, he will because he wants you to trust him and not your way. Generosity is our game plan. In fact, I love this part of Exodus 6 and verse 8 where it says, I will bring you into the land. I'll bring you and I'll give it to you as your very own possession. God was giving those in slavery and oppression, but his people a place, a land. God has a place for you. And you have to know, just as God is generous, he's called you to live generously. The book of Acts, Jesus says, we see this, that Jesus says, it's better to give than to receive. But until you've received the truth of who he really is and what he says about you and everything in Exodus 6, everything throughout the Bible being true, until you receive that, you're going to have real trouble living open-handed. You're going to have trouble giving and being generous, even though you want to be generous. It's like you can't because you have a faith issue. Let me just remind you that every problem in life we have is a faith problem. And my heart for you is that you go generosity is the game plan. And we give because he first gave to us. And we live open-handed to God and to others. As a church, we do this. Not, Not only does our staff model this, but organizationally, we give way more than 10%. Why? Why do we do that? Oh, because the Bible says... Yeah, we believe God's word, yes, and we, we do it not simply out of obedience. That is not our motivator. Our motivator, both as staff and as an organization, to live generously is because we know what God's given us, and we are happy to grow and sow generosity. Embrace it. It's who we are. Do you value, do you value God's word? Do you value mission? Do you value unity? Do you value spiritual growth? Do you value generosity? And the last one, the future is our focus. The future is our focus. Do you value the next generation? This is God's call on Moses to go to deli- to go deliver the captives. I'll give it to you as your very. I'll bring you out of the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'll give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. That was a long process. It was a generational one. If you read the process of the nation of Israel possessing the land that God gave them, it took generations. And God's heart is for the future. Jeremiah 29, 11, I love this verse. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not for calamity and destruction, but to give you a future and a hope. I'm at the age with my kids starting to grow up. My oldest is 20. My youngest is 13. There's been a shift in my thinking. I'm not building homes for me anymore. I'm building a place for my children because I know, like, I still have a lot of life left, but the next generation, I'm way more focused on, God, what are you going to do in my children? What can I help build in them and provide for them? The future has to be our focus. Listen, we live in the present and we need to be we need to be aware and we need to be present in the present, but we need to be looking to the future, standing in faith for what's to come because God has given us a place where we are, but he's calling us as leaders. If you're following Jesus, he, he's leading us and people are following you whether you realize it or not. And as leaders, we, we are called 
to lead others. That's the next generation. So what do you value? Listen, the Bible's our starting point. We reach people and build lives. We're better together. Growth is our goal. Generosity is our game plan. The future is our focus. So what house are you building? I still get to I still get to go into Opa's house, Oma and Opa, my grandparents, and look at what they built in 1955 and realize that I am today in large part because of their love and devotion to God and to us. I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for Opa. And I want my grandkids to be grateful for me because I valued God's word. I valued God's mission. I valued unity. I valued spiritual growth, generosity. And the byproduct that becomes as I focus on the next generation, there's an impartation of faith. I want that for you. God's called you to him. Listen to his voice. Step out. Step out. Follow him so that your grandkids and great-grandkids can live in the place that God used you to build. That's all I have today. I pray that you value what God values. Lord, pray blessing on everyone that hears my voice. May they value and live out what, you've, what you value and what you've called them to live out. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. See y'all soon.